Good morning, good afternoon, good night. How y'all doing? Welcome to the 173, where we engage a temporary culture through the lens of eternal life. Yes, we do. Today, I'm so excited, once again, because we're having an episode that's really relevant to me. Um, Something that God has been doing in my heart right now has been molding me and shaping me to do uh, ministry, to live for Christ in this environment that I am in. And what environment is that, you ask? Well, that's a good question. I'm glad to answer. That environment is the college campus. And uh, I got a couple of my friends on the show today, and we're going to be talking about uh, what it looks like for us to follow Christ on the college campus, what we aspire to, how we aspire to follow Christ on the college campus, and most importantly, what God says about how we follow Christ on a college campus. We're going to be talking about the challenges. We're going to be talking about the blessing of it all. We're going to be talking about some few key factors that have been key, 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 so important in our walks with Christ in this environment that we're in. And we're going to keep it fresh and relevant for you because this is a topic that people uh, all around need to hear about. College is a tricky place. We want to know how we can uh, glorify Christ within that environment. So um, we're going to get into it. And without further ado, God bless. Let's get to it. Welcome to the 173, where we engage a temporary culture through the lens of eternal life. Uh, man, so what are we talking about today? What are we talking about today? We are talking about what it looks like to follow Jesus on the college campus, and uh, we're going to get into some good stuff. So just so you know, I'll say it again. I'm your host, Noah, the one and only um, lover of God who is the lover of my soul. And uh, man, I got a couple of my friends here, and I know they're anxious to say something. They've been giggling this whole time. And so I just want to give them the proper shout out. I just want to give them the proper shout out uh, up first, up first, man, this, this man, uh, he's been, he's been swinging bats at ball since he was a, since he was a little youngin. Uh, man, he's from the place where the uh, potatoes grow, man. He's from good old Idaho. And um, his story is a little interesting because he's not even a college student, and we'll get into that. But he's here. But he's here, and he's loving Christ. And so, man, first up, this is my this is my brother Alex right here. Uh, yeah, thanks, uh, thanks Noah. Thanks for having me today. It's good to be on the on the podcast, share my thoughts from a third person point of view. Not really in college, but on the campus a lot, uh, seeing what that lifestyle looks like from a third-person point of view. So I'm excited to get in and share my experience in that from that lens. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, and then, it's not only me and Alex in the building. Uh, I got I got another good good brother of mine. Uh, man, man, this man got the some of the most cleanest shoes I've ever seen. This man come through with the cuffs on his jeans and the shine on his shoes. This man is uh, uh, voted a uh, man of the year, I believe, in the eyes of one one uh, particular sorority on campus that seemed to love him so much. But more than that, he loves Christ more than all of it. And so, man, this is my guy, Trevor, right here who I'm with. Yeah, what's up, guys, man? No, I'm just excited to be on this podcast today. 
just give a, a good insight from the Word of God what it looks like to follow Christ on the college campus. And in my particular case, coming into college already as a Christian and what that looks like and, and how I joined Greek life and how do I make much of Christ within being within Greek life and on this campus uh, for the praise of his name. So I'm excited to be here today just to have a dialogue about this topic. Awesome. Okay, you heard that. We're all excited. Uh, get your calendars ready for the number of times you hear that me or my guests are excited. Okay, I don't know what I'm exactly going to do with this little challenge. Okay, but you might get like a thank you for telling me how many times I've said this. And so we'll keep that going. But yeah, so the topic of discussion today is what does it look like? What does it mean? And what do we aspire to do in following Christ on the college campus? Um, So I think a good question to start off that we can get into is, man, like, let's talk about just the unique culture of a college campus, the, like, the really unique environment it is and how, mm-hmm. and really just how different it is from any other place. Um, yeah, I would, I would just like to say that um, coming here, this is generally where people go to, quote-unquote, find themselves Um, And what that means is a lot of people start getting set in their ways here. I mean, that's true. But also another thing is what that means is um, college is just a big place for identity issues, maybe even a full-blown identity crisis. People just trying to figure out who they are, who who they're supposed to be, who they want to be, um, and trying to get rid of who they don't want to (laughs) be. And um, man... It's a pretty unique place um, to be, and I think that kind of fleshes itself out in just the the vast multitude of like different characters on campus, and how it seems like everyone, everybody, really has a place um, in college because everybody's looking for something, and so um, yeah, I think already that unique environment in itself. Um, makes for a very interesting type of ground for evangelism, for um, just following Christ in general. Y'all got something to speak to that at all? Yeah, I would just say, man, um, it's just an interesting culture that we're in uh, because we can see just how much time people spend doing different things. It's a lot different than high school. You know, in high school coming in, it's like eight to three, you're in class. Um, But in college, you know, you only have two classes a day, maybe three but you have so much free time to do what you want. And, and people really use that extra free time to explore who they are, like Noah was saying. And I think it's an interesting time because, you know, we're away from family and, and whatever, and our friends are back home most of the time. And this is really a good time to just explore who we are. Um, and it's really interesting. We see how people can do that in many different ways. And if you just sat and looked at people's lives, you get to see how do they find enjoyment? What do they like doing? Where what are some of the tendencies they have while being in college? And you can kind of see what they're searching for most often by the habits of the explore life and what that actually looks like and what it means to actually live a, a joy-filled and satisfactory life and what that actually looks like for a person. Yeah, that's real good. Um, so the question is like, man, like what does it look like? Um, because... If we're going to talk about, you know, what it means to follow Christ in college, then I think we also have to talk about what are the um, important points 
of living that joy-filled life in college? Like, what can we strive to do um, practically um, in order to experience Christ in college? Um, Yeah, so that's the question I got for you. Yeah, I think it's a very good question to ask, is how, how do you find that joy, that satisfaction? I think clearly for me, it's so clear that seeking the Lord with everything I have is the best way to find joy and satisfaction. He is our joy in our satisfaction. My heart goes to Psalm 105, 3 through 4. It says, Glory in His holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord in His strength. Seek His presence continually. And you see here in this passage, like, man, seeking the Lord, that's what gives us a heart to rejoice in anything. So practically looking at that, Man, what are some of the habits that we have in life that we can do, that we can develop, that can help us seek the Lord? And I think for me, practically, it's waking up every morning. What is the first thing I do every single morning? Is it look at my phone, get on social media, or stuff like that, or watch some videos? Or is it getting on my knees in prayer and reading His Word and seeking Him in that, seeing who God is through His Word? I think for me, that's the most practical thing any person can do is waking up first thing in the morning and seeking Him through reading the Bible and through prayer. And then after that, throughout the day, fellowship with believers, spend time talking about Christ with other people, know more who He is through His people. These are practical things any person can do every single morning waking up to follow Christ and to seek His face every single day. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so with that being said, I mean, those are those are good. Those are good. Um tips for Christian life period, really. Um, And I mean, the same, I would say that the same um, good practices for Christian life that applies outside of college applies inside. Mm -hmm. There's just some base, um, good, good kind of, or commands and just, uh, um, you know, just good ways. I don't, I'm trying to, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to like, honestly, just being honest, I'm trying to escape from saying the word rules. Hmm? Say it then. <laughs> okay. Alex is whispering and you can speak. Alex. Go ahead. I'd say spiritual disciplines, things that, um, are obedient to Christ, but not necessarily legalistic rules, but show our love and our affection to our our Savior, um, as well as sanctify us in the process. Um, Because if we are not actively pursuing um, God, um, then we're in trouble as Christians, because that's not what it means to be Christian. Christian means to follow Christ and be obedient and love Him. and so if we're lacking in spiritual disciplines, um, we're going to be struggling in that walk with Christ. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. And I think, Alex, you have a, a, a very uh, unique perspective um, because, man, like you are not in college. You are, I mean, you are working. You have a profession. And uh, you can talk a little bit about that. Um, but coming to college to kind of grow more and learn more in those spiritual disciplines, um, coming to college to be discipled, which kind of means just to be mentored, to be led um, in the ways of the Lord. Um, Yeah, like speak to like your kind of experience in being from kind of outside, I guess, and coming into this college scene 
because you've been hanging out with us here on campus for the past couple months. Mm-hmm. And so, like, how have, how have you kind of experienced Christ even in this this short time? Yeah. So I think the most important thing that I've learned in the last two months is the importance of the gospel. Um, Romans one sixteen says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of salvation to everyone who believes. Um, and that is the truth. That without the gospel, salvation is not possible. Um, whether it is new or sustained, um, the gospel is not just for lost people. It is for Christians, for everybody, mm-hmm. for everybody. Yeah. As a reminder of the hope um, that we have through Christ and eternal life. Um, growing up in church, um, where I was not shared the gospel. Um, I understand the importance that the gospel has now, um, maybe to a degree that some people don't have coming from um, a gospel-centered church growing up. Um, But from a third-person point of view looking in, the most important thing that I've been able to see, uh, and I I play sports for a living, so I'm going to talk in sports terms here, um, is really a common... Um, struggle and a common stage of life um, between college students. Um, Whereas me and my teammates connect because um, we're all going for the same objective um, because we're all struggling um, under the same coaching staff or whatnot, whatever it may be. Um, I feel like that's a very interesting, that's the very interesting situation that we found ourselves here on the college campus is that if, um, since everyone is in common stage of life and, um, has the common struggle of homework and all these things, um, that people are more apt to listen to you. Um, and that go, that goes a long way in terms of evangelism and sharing the gospel, mm-hmm. which carries so much weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what does it look like to evangelize or to share the gospel on the college campus? Um, because what I've learned, it can go kind of either way. Um, I know in, in particular, like, say for a freshman um, who's just happy to be here. And at that point, like I said earlier, just trying to find who you are. So when you first get to college, you're just you, you have so many um, quote unquote friends because you're just trying to find your crowd. Yeah. Um, and so. I think that like a good a good God given thing is um, for a freshman to come in and to meet Christians and to hear the gospel from those Christians and maybe that's the crowd that they find themselves in or they want to be in and so but it can also go on the exact opposite mm-hmm. where there are people who have pretty much like been set in I'm not about religion I'm not about Jesus. Um, and I don't want to hear about it. Um, yeah. And although, although for the most part, people are really to tolerate you, mm-hmm. um, I, I found that, um, man, I think, I think even worse for me. I think even worse than just being flat out rejected is somebody allows you to speak, but it's just so clear they're just not listening. Yeah. And so I think yeah. that's the that's the kind of uh, apathy kind of lack of concern you get in college mm-hmm. is that, you know, um, 
everyone has their opinion and, and the way like the world is now and the way like our generation is now like anyone can have their opinion and anyone's opinion is right if they believe it's right but that doesn't mean I have to listen to it and so it could come it could come like in the form of me sitting down with some guys and it's cool that they want to sit down and have lunch or something um but when it gets to um actually sharing the word of God, you know, they'll just sit there and kind of nod their head, but it's like, yeah. you can tell yeah. they're not into it. And that's just kind of, that's kind of fake, mm-hmm. but it, but it's sin. And, and still, I still believe that the word of God, the word of God even will, will even get to passive ears. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, and so it can be, it can be a challenge. Um, Cause sometimes it just feels like, you know, you're wasting your time. Um, compared to if somebody were to flat out reject you, then you'd be like, all right, that's cool, keep going. But then if you're just sitting there and feels like you're just running your mouth and it's falling on deaf ears, that can be really that can be really frustrating too. Um so in the sense of evangelism, um it can kinda go either way. But I feel like for the most part, this is a place where people come and we can share ideas. Um, and through that, we can share the gospel and people are willing to listen. Would you all yeah. agree with that? Yeah, yeah I, I definitely <clears throat> agree with that. And this is a great place to do it. I, I think the important thing is, though, uh, like the gospel is such an important message to us. It's a, a, of eternal life. And I think that for the Christian, that's the most important message that would ever tell anyone is of the gospel. Even Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2, 2, For I decided to know nothing among you except for Christ Jesus and him crucified. I think it's an amazing thing for a Christian to devote themselves to on the campus or anywhere to evangelize. But the important thing is, too, is do you love the person you're sharing with? Are you sharing out of a heart for that you love and care for them and their soul? Or do you just want to do it as just a Christian duty that everyone else has to do as well? So I think here's an important quote for any person who wants to evangelize and share their faith to know is, is that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. It's like this is the beauty of the gospel um, that we get to love people as much as possible. We're committed to love our neighbor as ourself. And I'm going to be pretty honest. I love myself a lot. Like I'm very pointing to myself a lot. So if I'm supposed to love someone else as I love myself, I'm going to love them a lot. So I think a beautiful thing is on the college campus, we get to spend so much time doing life with other people because we in between classes, we can just hang out and have fun all day long. So as you get to know someone, actually love them and serve them. Ask yourself, how can I serve this person I'm sitting with? And actually pay attention, care about their life, empathize with them. And I think that's the best way uh, to go. And you can lead them into a gospel conversation is by loving and serving them. That will lead you into sharing your faith and why you serve them and love them so much. Well, it's because Christ died for me and he showed the greatest love on the cross. And now because of that, I can love and serve you as well. And I want you to believe this and have the hope of eternal life. This is the hope, and this is a beautiful thing about the college campus is we get to do that every single day for many hours because of the schedule we have. Yeah, Trevor, I think that's really good. Um, an interesting quote I heard one time is, the single greatest cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who mm-hmm. confess Jesus with their lips but walk out the doors unchanged in their lifestyles. Wow. And so if we're called to be the salt of the earth, the light of the earth, um, but our actions um, and our love don't portray that, then 
how much effect will our words have on people. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the first thing that we need to evaluate. Just like Trevor was saying, is where where is our heart at? Is it coming out of an overabundant um, love from God, mm-hmm. um, or is it become coming out of um, legalistic obedience? Um, to the Great Commission. What is legalistic obedience? Legalistic obedience means that we do what we do because we're commanded to. Going back to spiritual disciplines, we read the Bible, we pray, we share our faith because we love God and what he's done for us Mm -hmm. through Jesus Christ and the salvation that he's given us. Not because we think that we're going to be able to earn our salvation or get right with God through that, but because he has saved us and we were once dead in our sins and he's made us alive again and we love him and it's his love that flows through us into other people. Mm. Um, That's good. We can just go home. (laughs) I I know. That was good. Hey, but um, real quick. So I want to get into some, some, some questions you hear a lot. Um, just some questions that I know people are on people's minds. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but before we do that, I just want to hit on the importance of good community and keeping good company, um, mm-hmm. especially in an environment like uh, a college environment. And so for me to kind of hit on that, Real quick, I just want to get into something, mm-hmm. and that's this verse I'm going to come from. is coming out of Proverbs 13 mm-hmm. and 20, and it says, The one who walks with the wise will become wise, but a companion of fools will suffer harm. And Proverbs is just, you know, that the whole book is just spitting game, like spitting knowledge. <laughs> and so... Um, It's talking about the one who walks with the wise will become wise, but a companion of fools will suffer harm. And so it's it's really about the company you keep. Um, I've learned that in in following Christ in college, you want to be around you want to be around other believers who want to follow Christ. It's not just about you hear this thrown around a lot. It's not just about like minded people coming together and being with each other. Mm -hmm. No, because like. I have so many differences with so many of my brothers and sisters in Christ, but the thing we might not even be like-minded, quote unquote, but the thing that pulls us together is Christ himself. Yeah. And good. so and so like being around believers is not simply about being around the people who have um the same kind of framework as you because that would just become this conglomerate type of thing and that's why people a lot of people will say that christian community is cultish um but no that's not that's not what that is um it is christ actually pulling sinners who have been saved by his grace together Mm. to serve him to live with him and to glorify him together Mm-hmm. And I actually want to praise God for a minute because that is promised to you um, whether whether or not like you kind of intentionally seek it all the time. And let me frame what I mean by that. Like for me, being um, a brand new believer, um, I still wrestled with 
I still wrestled with the desire to want to go to my old friends, um, many of whom are still, I consider, friends, but they are not believers in Christ. And so there's the, the, and when I say a believer in Christ, the stark difference between a believer and a non-believer is not simply just, oh, I believe that Jesus is real. When I say believer in Christ, I mean people that actually love the Lord, who want to serve the Lord, and not specifically because of like Alice was talking about that legalism or that, you know, like goody two-shoes rule following type of thing. But it's because they love them, they have a desire to know him better. Mm-hmm. And so I was struggling with, do I continue to hang out with my lost friends um, just like I used to? And there's part of me that's like, well, I can, I can, you know, share the gospel with them and I can evangelize with them. And that's true. We should do that. But then there's another part of me that's just like, well, they're still having a lot of fun in the life I used to live. And I maybe if I'm not fully partaking in that, if I can kind of be around them, I can get a little taste of it just with by association. And what and what God did was that as I became sanctified, which means just as I become more like Christ, I actually desired less and less of what God had just brought me out of, and I desired more of Jesus. So, of course, that's just going to pull me closer to community. And so there is encouragement for the Christian that is suffering with feeling alone, Mm -hmm. whether you're in college or outside of college. God will draw you into community. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it just... You don't have to worry about it not happening. Of course, seek it. Of course, pray for it. But it will happen because that's how we are made more like Christ. Mm-hmm. And so community, big thing. I've said enough. That's what I, That's mm-hmm. my piece on that. Um, yeah, Alex, I think you wanted to say something about that. Man. Mm-hmm. Get your words out, preacher. Oh, yeah. So <clears throat> I uh, came to Christ this summer. Um down in Tampa, Florida with not really any, any community. Um, I was blessed enough to have the opportunity to come here to Cape Girardeau um, to be discipled within the body. And Cape Girardeau is where the school at, in case you were wondering what the heck is that. <laughs> Cape Girardeau, Missouri. It's, it's a great place. Um, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I, I had the, uh, the opportunity to come here um, and fellowship with the body um, and really learn the importance of the body of Christ. Um, Hebrews ten twenty five says, not neglecting to meet together as some do, but encouraging each other. And we see this again uh, in, in Paul's epistle to the Romans when he says, that way I, I'm going to come to you that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Um, I heard a great sermon. Um, one of my first sermons after I came to Christ was about John 17. And it, it, was, it was talking about, we are called to be in the world, but not of the world. Um, we are called to be in the world, um, involved um, in the activities with lost people. We're not supposed to put ourselves in a Christian bubble and run away from the world, but we need to be encouraged by the body of Christ um, because when we get away from from our safe harbor um, and into the world, um, it's a lot easier to get attacked by the great deceiver. So I think that's very important that not only we learn from each other and we encourage each other, we build each other up, but that we encourage each other to go out and, and reach the lost. But I've been very thankful that I've gotten the opportunity 
um, to learn the importance of community um, and really how to um, share what God is teaching me to other people. And I'm thankful that there's been a lot of men in my life um, at SEMO that have shared with what God's been teaching them and, um, and faithfulness to the world that I may grow as well. I think that's just awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I think you had a couple of really good points that I just love. First, talk about like fellowship of the believers. And I think that's absolutely amazing. And I think a good thing to define here is what is true fellowship? Most people you see, and I, when I first got to college, I thought this is what true fellowship was, is that you just see a believer and you hang out with them, you just have fun all the time. That's all you do, uh, which is good. It has its place. Um, but true biblical fellowship uh, I heard this quote once, and this is something amazing that I, I stick to today, is that evangelism is sharing your faith with a person who doesn't believe in Christ. Fellowship is sharing your faith with someone who does believe in Christ. Mm-hmm. So like you were saying, and the Hebrew is like, man, don't neglect. And also like encourage one another in the gospel. Share the gospel with the believer. Share what you read in the Bible today. Man, I, I see it all the time on our campus when believers are hanging out, but we're opening the word of God saying, Man, I was blown away by what God said in this verse, in this passage today. We can do that and seek those things. And I think because of that, the love we have for each other, us being encouraged, we can then go out and be in the world but not of it. And that speaks to the principle of, of laboring. What does laboring actually mean? And to be labor as a Christian means you're so focused on making disciples and, and teaching things of Christ to different people. And it's, it's amazing in Matthew 9 when Jesus talks about this, it says that he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. This is a very large crowd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. And the amazing thing here is you can't be a person who does harvesting unless you actually go out into the field. That is an amazing picture here. And if you think about farming, that's where I'm from, from a farmland. And if you think about this, you can't do anything in the fields unless you actually go into them. Same for us. We can't hope to share the gospel to the world unless we actually go into the world and share that with them. And we get to be a light of the world as well in that. And that's a beautiful thing. It's something we have to do. It's something we actually get to do um, because of the grace of God and what he's done in our lives. And I think we should focus on this a lot more. The need for fellowship and brotherhood uh, for us men. Um, man, we, we focus on brotherhood a lot. And because of that, I'm encouraged by guys like Noah and Alex here. Man, I'm encouraged and I'm talking to them of the things of Christ. I get to set my mind on things above. Like it says in Colossians 3, I want to pursue these things more. And I need to do that with brotherhood because I can't do that on my own. <laughs> but by my own, I'm just weak and I, man, I'm frail and I'm so not focused on Christ. But with my brothers around me, I know I can constantly focus on Christ. And it just helps encourage me in the faith to pursue and seek him more every day. Okay, yeah. Amen to all of that. Um, And so, just to kind of move on real quick to what I wanted to get into, just ask a few questions and get you all's take on them. Mm. Okay? Mm -hmm. So, one big question, and specifically following Christ in college, and specifically how that college campus operates pretty much universally, Mm. um, at least for America. Um, The party scene... Mm. is is the epitome of fun. And so to go out mm. to um, have a drink or two or three or four or seven, um, to, you know, hit on a girl, 
um, to just stand there and look cool, whatever it is, the party scene is glorified. Mm-hmm. And so the question is, for a Christian yeah. in college, is partying okay? Is that permissible? Yeah, I think that's a that's an interesting question. I'll speak on this since I, I'm in Greek life, and you know, people people in Greek life are just known for just partying or um, having a good time with alcohol and, and things like that of that nature. And so for me, um, I do not party. Um, but the thing is, I actually I go to parties, um, but I'm there to help love and to serve. And, and the way you can do that at a party as a believer is. Man, I'm there to help take people home if they need rides because I, I don't drink, so I'm sober. I can take people home. Um, I can help make sure people get into their beds safely and they're safe. I can help get them water if they need it. And the next day, I can help clean up after a party at a house. I can help help brothers and, and friends um, pick up things and, and clean the trash from the house from the party from the night before. I, I can do these things. And you don't have to just sit back, uh, shy away from parties, unless it will cause you to fall into sin. That's the one thing I would say is if... If, if you see a party is going on, um, I would encourage believers to go and to be a light. But if that was going to cause you to sin and to, to have lustful thoughts about something you see there or to fall into drinking alcohol in, in large quantities that's going to leave you not being sober-minded, then don't, don't go. But if you are able to go without having um, that sin temptation uh, control you, I would say go and just be a light. Um, let people know that you can have a good time without getting drunk or blacked out. Uh, it's not the cast for me to cast any judgment on anyone who does that. Um, but I just want to point people to a better hope and that something else is going to satisfy them more. So I would say is go to parties if you can, um, just to be a light, to serve in love. Um, provide water, provide sober rides for people to get back home safe. Um, man, communicate with people. Ask people how they're doing and how their, how their days are going. Even at a party, you can do that one. People aren't just dancing and jumping around. People talk outside, you know, and just chill with, with a drink. And so I would say go do that. Um, but when you're going, I would say caution to not drink alcohol in front of them, um, just to be above reproach so no one can uh, think that you're there to get drunk like everyone else. Um, but I say you can go. Just don't do it in the way that the world does. As I was just talking about, we can be in the world but not of it. So you can go to parties but not be of the party scene itself. Um, so I would encourage believers to, to really seek out ways to do that with and bring a friend with you to keep you accountable as well. That's a that's a good thing. We're talking about fellowship. Mm-hmm. Bring someone with you who's going to help keep you accountable to be a light to, to other people there and to love people and not just grow in there and cast judgment on those who are partying, but to go and just serve, find out ways you can serve and help pick up and clean things and to provide water. These are good things to do. And I think Christians could, especially on our campus, can do that more of, even especially myself, because I hardly do it enough. Yeah. And I would say for me, in, in my in my own life, um, parties are just something I have to generally stay away from. Um, and when I became a believer in the summer of 2018, so not long ago at all, but as soon as I came back to school, I knew that something I just had to cut out for good was was partying. I just had to stop going. Because um, as Trevor said before, the party scene, it is, it, it's, just, it's just like crazy. And so going there with the sin and the sexual immorality and the drunkenness and the idolatry of just self is being promoted 
for me, it was just better for me to stay away from that in general. And so I would say that if you if you if you're struggling with am I going to be safe here? Do I really think I can glorify God here? Like, do I really think I can do it? Um, I would say then also consider that maybe you just might not. You just might just be better to just not go. Um, and just highly consider that as well. Um, man, we're at about like, what, 35 minutes now? Um, we made some good time. This is definitely something that I'll have to get into again because there's a lot of things that I want to get into um, about following Christ in college. And so, yeah, it was good talking to y'all, gentlemen. Um, great to have y'all in here with me to kind of get into this stuff. And yeah, man. So before we get out of here, just want to share with y'all that even throughout all of this, if you listen to this whole thing and was wondering how none of it applied to you, um, whether or not you're in college, because I believe what how to follow Christ in college is generally how to follow Christ outside of college. And so whether or not you're in college, you just think what we're talking about is crazy. You're wondering why you didn't listen this long. Whatever it is, um, I just wanted to let you know that this podcast is to glorify Christ through whatever situation we talk about. And the goal is to make Christ known. And so just to make Christ known to all of you who are listening right now, mm-hmm. just know that Jesus is the Savior of the world. Um, he lived a perfect life that nobody, nobody could live no matter how how hard they worked at it, no matter all the good things that they did, no matter if you really think you're just a really good person, no one can live a perfect life. And we all know that. And Jesus lived that life, a perfect life, pleasing to the Father. And he died a death that we actually all deserve because we have rebelled against the Father time in and time out. And because of that death, he died. When he rose three days later with all power in his hand, he put an end to the to the bondage of sin and death for those who believe in him and for those who believe in him they inherit eternal life and this is eternal life that they may know you the only true God and the one you have sent Jesus Christ and that is John 17 3 and that is the 173 so thank you all for tuning in once again this podcast is where We engage a temporary culture through the lens of eternal life. And that's something I'm really hoping you're going to get some of pretty soon. I appreciate it, y'all. And we out.